Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. Thank you. Thank you so much for the privilege to be here. I absolutely love being here. Robert and I, like I said last time, we're those people that are on the other side of that camera watching and worshiping with all of you. Um, You are all so dear to our heart, and we consider you our family. And we certainly are excited and grateful in how you partner with us with the ministry that Jesus has led Robert and I to, much to our surprise, um, for those who um, haven't are not aware of what Robert and I are doing right now with Jesus, is he had us purchase a It's now 110 years old, 110-year-old home that was a bed and breakfast for 17 years. And we purchased it to be our home, and what the Lord is doing is he is having us uh, invite and embrace um, pastors and church leaders uh, to come in and to have a free bed and breakfast. We treat them like the children of God, like they should be treated. And it is our privilege and joy to, to just uh, love on them, to give them the physical space that has been prayed over for them to spend time with Jesus, to hear Jesus talk to them on the porch as they overlook the lake, and uh, to just set up that space for them to be restored and rejuvenated um, by the Lord Jesus in, in every way, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And so that is what the Lord has Robert and I doing. And we are so thrilled that you all are partnering with us in this. And uh, the last pastor that came, um, we have we we are we don't advertise because we're not a business right it's not this is a, a free we're just it's a free bed and breakfast we just have people come into our home and it's amazing how we are full <laughs> we are full up through february already and we have pastors and leaders that come who are struggling, are just tired physically, spiritually, just need rest. Some are struggling in relationships and uh, maybe some things going on, difficulties with yeah, church happenings and such. And so uh, we are so jo- overjoyed to be able to spend time with them. And this is uh, the note, a note that uh, the last pastor who stayed with us uh, just a couple weeks ago wrote. He uh, wrote Philemon 1-7. He said, um, and this is your legacy friends. This, this is you so into this. This is what you are doing. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That's Philemon 1-7. And then he said, I'd add sister too. Um, and he said, uh, Robert and Judy, words are inadequate to express the joy of my heart and the gratitude I have for each of you. Opening your place to me was a balm for my weary soul. I needed this even more than I realized. Thank you is so inadequate, and yet it is the prayer of my heart. You both are a Philemon to me and, um, and others. 
I love you both with the love of Jesus. Uh, this is just one of the examples of many of who you are helping to minister to that come into our doors. We are so, so overjoyed to uh, do that with you all. And so I am very excited to have this time with you. Father has been just speaking to my heart about what to, what to share. And, and wouldn't you know that as, as he was speaking to me and, and talking to me about grace, and I, I pull up the, to listen to the sermons from Pastor Michael, and what do you think God was telling him some stuff to? <laughs> same, the same concepts. I am so excited what Father has for this body of Christ a banner of grace, a refuge of grace. That's who you are. And you have a father who absolutely is a way maker. Oh, and he is a miracle worker. Amen. And he is the light for our path. He is an incredible father. And he has a, a plan for you. This uh, weekend is exciting as we look at Advent, preparing for uh, well, the celebration of the coming of celebrating his coming, rather. Um, I'm going to have a look at uh, the passage in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And this is Mary receiving the message from uh, the angel that she was being invited to embrace a new journey with God and that mankind would be blessed from this. And we're going to parallel this right into Acts as Pastor Michael has been leading us through in, in Acts. And what does this mean for you and I today? Because though this story is a story of old, it's not an old story in the sense that it's to be your story and my story today. The scripture in Luke one twenty six reads... In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and wondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy and he will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be, is impossible for God. Other versions in the NIV, it says, for no word of God will ever fail. Then Mary said, here I am, servant of the Lord. 
Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Friends, um, grace has come. Great grace has come. The gift of God, Father God, to send us his son Jesus to be fully human, fully divine, to be raised to walk this land without any sin for you and for me so that he could become the perfect sacrificial lamb, that he would die in the weight of our sin and our sickness and disease and every infirmity. It would be on his shoulders when he died. He became sin so that we would become his righteousness. Oh, friends, Friends, we have much to celebrate here. We have a joy to be looked at that should make us want to explode from the inside. We should not be containing this because, friends, because he came, we live. And there is nothing in this world, there is no gift on this world that we could ever give or receive that would have any any speck of magnitude of what your Father God in heaven has already given to you in Jesus. Oh, you are so blessed, children of the God Most High. And we are to walk with that joy, carrying that peace, and especially carrying the great grace that has been given to us in Jesus. Well, as I look at Mary and I, and I see her, you know, the first thing that as she was being given an invitation for this great gift of grace. Being so young, being engaged, it was a legal contract, actually. I know many of you already know that. She was, it's different than our marriage arrangements. She was, it was like she was already, the, the legal contract was done, but the, they were not yet married in the celebration. But uh, the exchange between the fathers had taken place, between her father and Joseph's father. And that's why it says Joseph had to divorce her quietly, because there was a, a legal contract already between the two of them of engagement. But being so young and not, not knowing a man, not knowing what it is to carry a child, not knowing anything that, this is, that is coming to her, she says, here I am, here am I. When the invitation, will you, will you carry the Son of God, the Son of the God Most High. Will you? And she says, here am I. What a, what a response she had. This movement of, of her, she chose to say, here am I. She gave all of herself. She gave the most intimate part of, of her thoughts, of who she was. She gave her physical body. She gave her emotions. She, gave, she handed her, her spiritual well-being, of course, to Father God. She gave her future. She gave her present. She, gave, she surrendered it all. She said, here am I. Friends, when we receive the great gift of God, the great grace of God, the surrender, 
is, is what we want to do. We want to say, here am I. What a beautiful example. Here am I, all of me. We don't want to hold back. We don't want to hold back from the great grace of God, the great gift. We don't want to hold back any part. We don't want to hold back uh, our, our physical being, our emotional being, our spiritual being, our time of day. We don't want to hold back any part of us. We want to give it to the Lord God, just as she surrendered. Here am I. And then she submitted, you see. She surrendered and said, here am I. And then she submitted to him. Some versions say, here am I, a slave to the Lord God. Here am I, a a handmaiden. She submitted herself She submitted her will. She gave all of herself, and then she submitted her will, her will over his will. She wanted his will. She wanted his desires. She wanted his plan. She wanted his way. She submitted it all and said, here am I, a servant of the Lord God. I'm a servant Friends, our Father has given us great grace. And the weight of his grace is beyond measure. It is beautiful. And his grace is to be all-encompassing, to touch every part of our life, to transform our life, to move us, to to change our flesh in how we live, to renew and restore and, and actually transform our spirit, to make us be born new. He wants to touch every part of us. But in order to do that, there's there's two movements on our part, right? We, We surrender, here am I, and then we submit. And the submission is a daily experience. It's a daily experience of where we say, I choose you, Jesus. I choose to follow you. I choose to receive your will and your desire. I choose, even if I don't understand Jesus, I choose you. I choose to believe you are who you are. You are faithful and true to your word. Your word never fails, Jesus. Never means never. It is always steadfast. I choose you, Jesus. I choose to submit. She chose to submit. She chose to submit and allow God's plan to redirect the current movement of her life. She chose to submit and surrender her relationships. I'm sure she had an idea that this was going to cause a bit of a stir in her fiancé, that she is pregnant. I'm sure... She had an idea that her parents would be confused and probably disappointed at first before they understood the truth about the situation. I'm sure she had the glares and looks of judgmental eyes on her as others in the the city and the village would look at her and say, you got pregnant out of wedlock before the wedding night. I'm sure there were those, those things that crossed her mind. But you see, the beautiful example here, the example of how to receive the fullness of the grace of God is to submit, to say, I trust you, Jesus. 
to say, I trust you, Father. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my relationships. I trust you with my body. I trust you with my emotions. You're going to help me through this hard times as I go through emotional up and downs during this time. I trust you for provision. I trust you that you're going to protect me. I trust you that you're going to open the path for me. You're going to show me how to walk it. I don't know how to walk it, but Father, you're going to show me because you are a loving God and your word never fails. Gabriel said it. He's a messenger of the Lord God Most High. Gabriel said, his word will never fail. What did Gabriel say to Zechariah in the earlier part of that chapter? When Zechariah was told, Zechariah, you're going to have a child. Your wife is going to have a child. And his response is, I'm old. He probably said, I'm old as dirt. And my wife, she's almost that old. How is that going to be? And, and he says, how will I know this is going to be true? And Gabriel said, because you didn't believe, shut your mouth. Be silent. Zip it. If you're not going to say anything smart, zip it. There's a proverb. Better be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. That's the word of God. I'm sorry. It is. But Gabriel said, the word of God will never fail. Friends, you and I need to be taking a look at that. And when we are looking at the hard stuff in our life right now, devastation or financial challenges or questions or frustrations or deep sorrow or death or destruction that we say is destruction or the world says is destruction, we need to go back and say, no, but the word of God never fails. And my father will not fail in providing for me. My father is not going to fail in showing me which way to go. Why? Because it's not my life anymore. It is his life. Paul said, it is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen? It is not my life. It is Jesus' life. When we receive the greatness of this grace on us, we have the, oh, people, now you are free. Now we are free when we have his grace. We are free to move in his spirit. We're free to receive all that he has for us. We are free to crush the enemy. And some of you all need to crush the enemy. Church of God, rise up. The devil wants to prowl and devour, and you were never meant to be devoured by the enemy of the Lord God Most High. You, children of God, were the ones to tear down the gates of hell. Every gate. There's not a single one to be standing. When we look at our family and we see devastation and stuff, we don't sit by with it. It might not happen right exactly when we think it's going to happen, but children of God, we don't give up. We pray, we stand, we march around our families. We march around bearing the truth of the word of God. And what is the truth of the word of God over your life right now? Think about what you're facing. Think about a challenge in your life. This is a season of great joy. This is a season of victory. This is a season where we remember and celebrate God gave his greatest gift to us, Jesus Christ. And it is for you. Oh, bearers of great grace. Because you see, my friend, if you have been given great grace by your Father, what do you think you're carrying? What do you think you're packing? You're packing the power of the living grace of God in you. And the power of God's grace through you crushes 
every snake head of hell. You know it? There is not a chain that can remain intact. There is not a sickness can remain in place. There is not devastation. I don't care what the enemy has tried to lie to any of us. We are God's church. We are his sons and daughters. It does not get to remain in our environment because we are here to take the land. Amen? To take the land to take the land with the love of Jesus, to take the physical place, the spiritual realm, our families, we're taking it in the name of Jesus by the love of Christ. And how? Because we are carrying the great grace of the Lord God Most High through Christ Jesus. Amen? He is so good to us. He is so good. You know, the... Gabriel came and gave her an invitation. He carried the invitation, and he carried back her yes. I wonder, I wonder how many invitations Jesus might be given us in our daily encounters with him. I wonder how many invitations he's actually giving us, saying, child, I want you to walk this direction. Child, I want you to extend love right here. Child, I want you to give a word of life right here. Child, I want you to give a prayer of healing and deliverance right here. Child, I want you to lift up praise in the sanctuary right here. I wonder how many invitations we get. And how many yeses does our Father get back from us? Oh, the beauty of the yes. Can you imagine his joy? Can you imagine the joy of the Father? As we were, as I was um, looking at this particular passage for Advent, you know, it's an incredible parallel for us in the New Testament as Pastor Michael's been going through Acts, you know, we have uh, Mary talked about in the Gospels and Jesus coming to us, and then we have the movement of Christ being resurrected and and in Acts 2 with the, the Holy Spirit come on, coming on. And, and, and friends, all I have to tell you is, is I've just been sitting on the other side of that camera at home going, Woo, it's hot here. The Word of God is so powerful that Pastor Michael has been bringing forth. God is moving. And he has great plans to move. I mean, Jesus has just been stoking the fire in this place of the movement of his spirit and his love and, and passion. I absolutely love it. There's a, a parallel for you and I as we look at Mary and her carrying Jesus. And as we look at us carrying the gift of Holy Spirit, there's a parallel. There's a parallel in, in how we walk. There's a parallel in the sense that Holy Spirit, when he comes in us, he changes our flesh, friends, in our desires and the way that we live and, and things we do. He changes us. He changes the way we look. He changes the way we move. He changes the way we talk. He changes the way we think. He changes the way we see the world around us. He changes how we hear. We hear through his voice, right? We, he changes even what we choose to hear at times. He changes what we do, how we move, how we ha he has his being through us. Pastor Michael has been taking us through chapter 4, and, and I really see 
a picture in the, with the lame man. The Lord was just speaking to me about it. He was saying, you know, you all know the story because Pastor Michael has spoken so richly on it. But the lame man, spoken of in Acts 4, as he was there for, had been lame, as the word says, for 40 years, at Gate Beautiful, at the beautiful gate, asking for, for alms from other people. Not allowed to go inside because, you know, when you, uh, in that culture, um, having those infirmities like that, the ritualistic spiritual leaders, you know, ascribed the word of sin on people when they were sick as such, you know, it was really very sad and not able to go into the temple to worship, right? And then we have the disciples coming to him and the disciples saying, I don't have silver or gold, uh, but what I do have, I give to you. And they extended their hand, as you know the story, reached up and took him, and they pulled him to his feet, a man who had been lame for 40 years. People had seen him there often. Pulled him to his feet, right there at the beautiful gate, and said, in the name of Jesus, walk. Walk. They didn't tell him to stand. Could have stood. I mean, it would be nice to stand. I mean, that would be better than just sitting and being totally lame. But they told him to walk, which is far better than just to stand. Walk to allow himself to be mobilized. Walk to allow himself to be able to work and, and to be able to help other people instead of only being one to receive the help. Not that that's bad to receive help, of course. But everybody wants to be able to give back, right? And now he can walk. He can do something. He can have a livelihood. And they pull him to his feet. And friends, did you give a lot of thought to what might have been going on inside of this guy? How in one word, how the word of God does not fail in one word, in the name of Jesus, walk. In that declarative statement, he rises and he walks. At that point, the word of God had released him from the ascribed word of curse of sin that they ascribed to him from the, from the Pharisees and all those guys. It, it removed from him the curses of his family that he had gotten this from, whatever that looked like. It removed him from poverty. It pulled him up out of a, a social status of being lesser than everybody else and being looked down upon. It pulled him out of all of this stuff. As they said, in the name of Jesus, walk. And his life changed in the moment of that declaration. His life changed. He had a new path to walk. It was no longer the path of a lame beggar. Instead, he had the path of a worshiper. He had the path of one who could worship God, who could, who could do all the things that everybody else could do. You know, what's, what's really interesting is he received the word of God, and then he carried the word of God. That was a beautiful thought. 
And likewise for us, we receive it, we receive what God gives us, the gospel and the power of his word, and we carry it. The word of God said he no longer just walked. It said, basically, spirit of God got a hold of him because he was very thrilled at his new at his new life. But really, it had to be more than that. It had to be, are you kidding me? How awesome is it? The name of Jesus, but Jesus who was crucified and raised from the dead. We have a God who sees us. We have a God who hears us. We have a God that cares that I've been on the ground for 40 years. We have a God who is alive. And he is moving in me. You can't take this away from me. He touched me. He changed me. He made my legs whole. I have a praise in my voice. I am, I am moving and walking. His life changed. He was not walking. He began leaping. And he started praising. And his praise was loud. And now the one who had been banished outside of the beautiful gate has now become a gate carrying the testimony of the gate to Jesus. His life story became a testimony pointing to Jesus, the beautiful gate. And all these people who had been spiritually asleep, who didn't know yet that Jesus is alive, that Jesus could touch their physical nature and change them, that he could restore their soul hadn't heard that yet. They came running. Why? Because when the Spirit of God, by His great grace, got a hold of him, it changed him. And it was visible. Friends, if the grace of Jesus hasn't changed us in such a way that it's visible to others, there's more change coming. <laughs> there's, there's more to come, amen? And all I have to say about myself is, he's not done with me yet, friends. I know that's for sure. But I'm saying, when God's grace falls on us and touches us, like this example of this lame man who is now the leaping man, as Pastor Michael called him, right? The leaping one. And then he said he's launched into a whole new world. That's us, friends. That is us. More freedom, more healing. The blind were able to see, the spiritually blind in, in that moment. They had to come. They had to come see. They, had to, they were hearing and they had to see what it was all about. Praise be to God. You know what? In that moment, the greatest, the greatest movement of what had to be ripped off was the veil over that man's heart where he used to think, I'm not worthy to worship God inside the temple. They won't let me in. I can't even walk in order to bend. I don't get to see God. And now, in a word, in the name of Jesus, walk. The veil of his heart opened up. And it's amazing how the actual veil over the temple, like Pastor Michael had told you about, it had been rent. It had been ripped and the priests had seen that happen. But yet, their hearts had not been torn yet. The veil over their heart had not been opened. But this man, he had the veil open. And now, he's filled with God. And he is bringing the presence of God into the temple and worshiping. Church, that's us. That is to be us. Everywhere we go, we're to bring that grace and presence of the Lord God Most High. <clears throat> He shook the institution. He shook the institution. And they didn't like it, and they pushed back, as you all already know that. 
But you know, what did Jesus see? Did you ever stop and think about that? What was Jesus seeing as he was watching the disciples with anointing and authority use his name through his spirit in them, raising this man up? He saw his life healing flow into the man, did he not? He saw the overflowing of joy and praise flow into that man and out of that man. He watched all those chains fall off of that man. Can you, he watched him leap from being lame. Can you imagine how joyful he was? He heard the praises of this man. He saw himself lift the man up through the power of his name, and then he saw himself, catch this, be carried by the man who was once lame. He carried Jesus' name. Hmm. In all of its weight. So, in Acts 4.33, it says, With great power the apostles gave testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on them. And when I saw that passage, I thought, Oh, my goodness, that's Whitechapel. Great grace is on you. And how might we release that? What, is it, what does it look like for, for more grace to be flowing out of us at this point? You know, grace is Jesus. You've received Jesus. He is in us with the Holy Spirit. And so now the, the thing is we want to posture ourselves to, to release it, to release it to the world around us. And the funny thing about grace is it's only seen and identified by when it's being given away. You can't say, oh, I'm a person full of grace. <laughs> it has to be seen and identified. And what defines grace is when it's given away, when the goodness and kindness above and beyond is given to others. Amen? Yeah. So it's something given away. We do it when we can posture ourselves, when we posture ourselves to be willing to repent those who we need to forgive. We repent of not forgiving them, and we choose to forgive. That postures us to release more grace in the world around us. That would be a challenge. We get postured to release grace when we allow Jesus to heal the deep wounds that perhaps are in, is in us from whatever sort of experiences life has brought in us. We can be saved and a child of God, but there might be some wounds that are in you that the Father wants to heal. So giving those wounds to Jesus and letting him heal those deep places then allows you to be able to give out even more grace. That wound doesn't get in the way, you see. When we consider what Jesus has given us, soberly consider, when we take note of that, of the great accounting of he gave his life for us, that postures us to go, oh, yeah, I can give grace to others. Amen. It's when we go and we change our perspective from I have to give grace to, oh, it is a privilege to give grace. We change our perspective. That's another way that we can launch and posture ourselves for more grace to flow through us as we are a people of great grace. It also helps when we change our perspective of ourself from being a victim to a victor. Perhaps our, our life story up to a certain point has been that we've been a victim all of our life, perhaps. And to change that perspective and say, no, 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 I'm a victor. 
and then we have the ability to pour out more grace because being a victim would kind of close us up from pouring more grace out. It's another way. Walking in the strength of God and not in the strength of flesh, right? Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. That's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. We want to walk in the spirit and we let the strength of God work through us instead of just relying on our our own flesh, which is always weak. Even if we are super strong physically, we are weak. Perhaps it's also walking in the attitude of Jesus. I had said that to the Lord. Jesus, help me walk in your attitude. I know I'm going to be facing a difficult day. This was several weeks back, and don't judge me. (laughs) I knew I was going to be facing a hard day, and I said, in my quiet time, Lord, help me to walk in your attitude. And I was walking along during the day, and there was a moment that I started to feel a little snarky on the inside, and I heard the Lord say, Judy, is that my attitude or is that yours? He will hold you to accountability. (laughs) Walk in the attitude of Jesus, not in the attitude of our own. And choose to look from the other person's point of view so we gain empathy for other people considering what might their life be like, what might their situation be like from their point of view. Changing that perspective helps to posture us to have more grace flow out of us. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's Word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.